Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. And on this Friday episode, I have one question for you all. Can the Tennessee Titans still win the Super Bowl? Well, folks, my answer is a resounding yes. And we are going to start off today's show with a conversation about why I believe this Tennessee Titans team can still reach their ultimate goal of winning a Super Bowl. And then after that, you guys are going to have questions for me. That's right. It is time to have a mailbag segment. I haven't been able to do a mailbag since the offseason. So excited to end today's show diving into all of the questions that you guys sent to me. A very fun, casual Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Let's get it. You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Titans fans, let's kick off this Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. Uh, A casual Friday. I got my t-shirt on, feeling comfortable here, ready to go. Before we dive into today's show, though, I do want to thank you guys for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. And if you're new here, make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. Subscribe to the Locked On Titans YouTube channel. Smash that notification bell so you know when all of my content goes live. Follow me on social media at Tic Tac Titans on Twitter. You cannot miss the film breakdowns and the film analysis that I put on Twitter where I can actually show some film. And then also check out the show Facebook page at Locked On Titans Pod. But remember, the question that I posed to you to start today's show was, can the Tennessee Titans still win the Super Bowl? And as I said, my answer is an absolute yes. Yes, they still can. And let me kind of break down why I feel this way. Number one, on the offensive side of the ball. So what's been the worst part of the offense so far? Pass protection. The Titans have given up the most sacks in the NFL. But why are they giving up those sacks? Well, it's not just because one-on-one they're getting their tail whooped, like, well, Taylor Lewan had that situation happen to him uh, against Chandler Jones. But overall, the real majority of the pressure and the real majority of the sacks have been on blitzes that the Titans didn't pick up properly or didn't slide the offensive line the right way properly or the back didn't stay in and do his job. Looking at you, Derrick Henry, I know you're so great, but need to be better in pass protection. My God. Either way, my my theory is or my answer is the reason that the Titans are struggling in pass protection is there's a chemistry issue. And I know you may be thinking, wait, they have four starters come back from last year, but David Questenberry is new. And then there's a new offensive coordinator who might want to do things a little bit differently. When Taylor Lewan didn't get full speed reps until really late in the preseason, and then you have Ben Jones and Nate Davis out for 10 days with COVID. Like I've mentioned before in the show, the Tennessee Titans' first team offense never really got full team or full speed reps together in the preseason. So they're ironing these things out in the first month of the year. So I have faith that through reps and experience together, the Titans' offensive line can get better 
at picking up blitzes, at passing off games and, t and stunts and twists up front. That's all communication-based things, and I think the Titans can ultimately iron those things out. The second biggest problem for the Titans offense has been their red zone offense, but from my perspective, you get down into the red zone, things are much more about somebody making a play for you. The big players make plays in the red zone. It's condensed. There's less field to cover. The windows get smaller to throw the ball. The holes get smaller to run the ball. The Titans really haven't had A.J. Brown and Julio Jones and Anthony Ferkser for a majority of the season and definitely haven't had all of them out there together for a majority of the season. So when you're missing your number one targets, your best options in the red zone, Ferk Daddy, Julio, and A.J., well, guess what? It's going to be hard to convert in the red zone. So I think that the Titans' red zone woes can actually be fixed by having the personnel that they need, their big-time playmakers, out on the field. So the two biggest issues that I have seen with the Titans' offense I think can be fixed with health and with time and communication and reps. These aren't issues with talent, where the Titans simply aren't talented enough to fix these problems. They have the talent, they just need that talent to get a lot of reps together, and they need that talent to be out there on the field. And if you fix those things, well, now the Titans are scoring points just the way that they did before. Now Ryan Tannehill has more time in the pocket to find those people in the red zone, and the Titans have more ability to go to play action because they feel more comfortable that when they play action, Ryan Tannehill isn't going to turn around with a guy right in his face. So everything is interconnected. It's all the you know circle of life, circle of energy, circular, circular. A little Easter egg for uh for my thirty year old fellas out there listening to the show, but. Either way, I think all of these issues go together. The offensive line, given more protection, gives more time in the red zone. Getting healthy gives you better options in the red zone to throw to, and that ultimately will give the Titans the ability to be up by more, to lean on the run game more, to go to play action more. It'll make everything work better together, and once the Titans reach that level, they will be the type of offense that can still win the Super Bowl. On the defensive side, it's just about health. No Bud Dupree. You gave the guy $35 million over two guaranteed years to come in and be your number one pass rusher. Well, it looks like Harold Landry's that number one pass rusher. So if you put Bud Dupree back in that role that he was in before where he wasn't the top guy, people are going to focus on Landry, they're going to focus on Simmons, and that will allow Bud Dupree to be the player that the Titans expected him to be when they gave him all that money. They've got virtually nothing out of their top free agent signing so far this year. Also, Amani Hooker is just a really big part of this defense. And once you have Amani Hooker back at that free safety spot, Dane Crookshank and Kevin Byard can do what they do in the box. You can have Crookshank man up on the tight ends. You can have Kevin Byard play that robber zone over the middle of the field. And that's going to be what both of those guys do best. So I really like what the Titans can be once they get Amani Hooker back, once they get Bud Dupree back. Also, you got Avery Williamson coming in, who should get some snaps over Rashawn Evans, and the Titans faced a ton of playmaking-centric quarterbacks early in the year, even the next two weeks. A guy like Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, uh, a guy like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. The back-end slate for the Titans has less playmaking quarterbacks that move around a lot in the pocket. You think about Mac Jones, Jameis Winston. You think about uh, Matt Stafford. 
in LA. So the Titans have a lot of games later in the year without the threat of the mobile second reaction quarterback. And I think that'll allow an improving defense. This defense is better. If you don't want to admit it, you're just wrong. The defense is better regardless of the box score. Just watch them on tape. Look at the third down percentages. Look at the red zone percentages. The Titans defense is better and they'll be even that much better if they get two very important players back and when they go up against quarterbacks that don't necessarily have that second reaction stud level that uh, we have seen early in the year. So I still firmly believe that the Tennessee Titans can win the Super Bowl. They are still a while away from being able to accomplish that, but it is just around the horizon. And the mailbag segment is also just around the horizon. I'm very excited to dive into all of the questions that you guys sent to me. Remember, you can always send your questions in at any time for the next mailbag by tagging me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans and sending your question there. Or what I do appreciate is putting your question in as a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is a great way to get your question into me as well. But before we get into the mailbag, do want to tell you guys about betonline.ag, the number one spot to bet pro and college football this fall. They have a brand new updated website with a new interface, even more updated odds, props, and contests than ever before. Head to their website today. You can use your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up and use the promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's literally free money that they're giving you at betonline.ag. So whether it's football, basketball, hockey, baseball, boxing, or even your favorite Vegas casino games, make sure that you take advantage of all the amazing offers at betonline.ag. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Titans fans, let's continue this casual Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. We are going to open the mailbag. I always enjoy answering your guys' questions and having some good interaction with all of the listeners. So let's dive in here. And the first question that I have comes from my guy, Brad McDowell. And Brad had a few questions on the day, so I do appreciate that. But Brad said, if you could inception... One idea each into Shane Bowen's and Todd Downing's head. What would it be? And for me, uh, it's it's pretty simple. And for all of you guys who haven't seen Inception, he's basically saying, if I could plant an idea in the minds of the Titans coordinators, what idea would I plant? And for Todd Downing, it's simple. More play action on first down. We have to have more play action on first down. More first down efficiency from the Titans. That's what they need. Use the passing game early on in games to open up the run game later. That is what I would like to see, and that was the formula that Arthur Smith understood. Now, I'm thinking in my head from Todd Downing's vantage, maybe he's worried about the pass protection. If you go play action on first down and you give up a sack, now you're looking at second and 16, second and 18, something like that, and you've blown up a drive for the way that the Titans play football. So maybe that's his worry, but Todd Downing has to use play action more on first down. For Shane Bowen, for me, take Rashawn Evans off the field. I, I, I don't know what else to say. 
I mean, I guess the other option I know a lot of you would probably go with is make sure that the wide receivers press or the cornerbacks press wide receivers. No more hanging off 10 yards. But Mike Vrabel said in his press conference, that's not what he coaches the players to do. So I'm not going to inception an idea into a guy's head that he already has. For me, it's get Rashawn Evans off the field. Use Avery Williamson. Use Monty Rice when Monty Rice gets healthy, if he is you know able to get healthy soon. Whatever it is, you might as well. Get Rashawn off the field. He's not going to be with the team after this year. You got a guy like Monty Rice, a vet like Avery Williamson. There's no reason that Rashawn has to play on first and second downs anymore. So that's the two ideas that I would inception into our coordinator's heads. And this feels like uh, a really easy follow-up to that. But uh, from my guy Ethan, the Canadian Titan, he is an elite fan, I must say. Uh, Shout out to my favorite Canadian Titan. But he says... What letter grade would you give the two new coordinators through the first five weeks? And honestly, I thought about this a lot. I thought about it a lot when the question was posed. I thought about it on my drive home from work as well. What would I really give them? And for me, I would give a Shane. I would give Shane Bowen a, a B plus. I think without Bud Dupree, without Amani Hooker, putting in Dane Crookshank in there, getting a lot out of Christian Fulton. The pass rush has been very much improved. I like what they're doing with their cover two invert where they aren't using their slot in a safety. They're using their two outside cornerbacks. That was very effective against the Jags. I guess I've just seen a better defense and a better called defense from Shane Bowen this year than I've seen last year, regardless of the of what the box score says, what I'm actually seeing and the way things are being called. I like what they're doing with their personnel packages on defense as well, using heavy dime, six defensive backs. Dan Crookshank as that sub-package linebacker. Elijah Molden is the sub-package linebacker. I like what the Titans are doing on defense. They need to get better. They need to improve. There are still some warts, but I would give Shane Bowen a B plus. I'll say a B plus on the year. For Todd Downing, I'm going to say a flat B. Yeah, I would like to see more play action, but I don't really think it's entirely Todd Downing's fault that the Titans can't protect the quarterback. Yeah, the offensive coordinator obviously is going to be involved in the pass protection schemes and the calls there. So you can't just alleviate blame from Todd Downing for that. But overall, we saw some really creative stuff from Todd Downing. Uh In a couple of drives against the Jags, I've seen some really creative route combinations and route concepts that I've documented on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans with the film. So I'm overall, it's not a huge drop-off between Arthur Smith and Todd Downing. The big drop-off has been the red zone. And like I said, without the Titans' top playmakers, then it's going to be hard to win in the red zone. I mean, the Titans hit Ferkser, Janu, A.J. Brown in the red zone a ton last year. Well, Julio Jones was meant to replace Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, but you haven't had Julio Jones for a lot of the season. Ferkser's been out for multiple weeks during the early season. A.J. Brown. So, without those guys, it's hard to really judge. Todd Downing's trying to score in the red zone with Cam Batson and Chester Rogers and Josh Reynolds, and it's just going to be tough. It's going to be tough. So, I'm going to give Todd Downing a B. I'm going to give Shane Bowen a B plus. The Titans haven't played as well as we wanted them to play early on, but they're still leading the AFC South. They're three and two. We'll pump the brakes a little bit. I'll give some decent grades to the coordinators. I got two two of the same question here. One was from my guy, Brad McDowell, who asked a question earlier. And then another one was from my guy, Dale Big Sam. So I don't know if your name's Sam. I don't know if your name's Dale. Maybe it's Dale Samuel and you go by Dale Big Sam. Either way, what up, Dale? But he says, any worries 
about the amount of touches for Henry so far? And that was Brad's second question as well. Well, I think I am worried, but I've been asked this question back-to-back weeks on the Crossover Thursday. I was asked this question on a Buffalo Bills-centric podcast that I appeared on on Wednesday night. If you want to check that out, I talked for an hour about every single position group on the Titans. It was a really intense breakdown. I retweeted at Wednesday night around 9 p.m. Eastern time if you want to go back and check out that live show. But for me, maybe Derrick Henry is just a freak, guys. Maybe we just stop worrying about his workload. Maybe he's a historic, all-time, Hall of Fame, top five running back of all time player, and he's going to break the mold. He's going to be the exception. That's what I, that's where I'm at right now. Derrick Henry, I'm done worrying about Derrick Henry's workload. He is an all-timer, folks. He breaks the mold. He's the exception to the rules, and he's proven that over and over and over again. So I'm just done doubting him. I'm just done doubting him. So that answers both of those questions there for Brad and Dale. The next question that I have here is from Trey Styles. What up, Trey? He says, do you think we will make a move before the trade deadline? And my answer to that is yes. I don't know what the move is going to be. I'm going to do my research for that as we get closer to the trade deadline. But the Titans have already shown with the signing of Bud Dupree and Danico Autry, with the trade for Julio Jones. The Titans are all in on this season, as they should be, as they should be. So with that in mind, if the Titans have some major deficiencies still in two weeks, then yes, I absolutely make a trade. Send a sixth-round pick. The Titans are probably going to get a compensatory draft pick back in, in the fourth or fifth round because of the way that the the formula works out, the Titans should have an extra seventh-round pick because of the Dolphins trade for Isaiah Wilson. So with all of that in mind, I absolutely have given up a sixth-round pick, a seventh-round pick, a fifth-round pick for a valuable veteran who can come in at a position of need, depending on what the Titans' injury situation continues to be, whether that's a pass rusher, whether that's an inside linebacker, which I don't think that they'll need now because they got Avery Williamson, whether that's a cornerback, whether that's uh, an offensive lineman, a wide receiver, if A.J. Brown and Julio can't stay healthy. Either way, yes, I would look to bolster this roster with a trade before the trade deadline. Just depends on who's available and who's out there. Moving forward, though, another question from Brad McDowell, really filling him up, a, a volume score in today's mailback. But he said, deciding to let Dennis Kelly walk last offseason how awful does that decision look now? Do you have any explanation for why they wouldn't resign him? Yeah, Brad, I agree with the decision to not resign Dennis Kelly. So I don't think the decision looks awful at all. Yeah, Questenberry had his struggles uh, against the Jets, but outside of that, he's been the most consistent and best offensive lineman for the Titans this year. I do, I do not think that it was a bad decision to get rid of Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly was going to cost the Titans $7 million. I would much rather have Danico Autry than Dennis Kelly. If you could have kept Jack Crawford and Dennis Kelly, would you rather have that instead of David Questenberry and Danico Autry? Some of you may say yes, but I wouldn't. I'd rather have Questenberry and Autry. And Autry, I mean, at times he won the game for the Titans against the Colts. He was fantastic against his former team. So when you look at... Questenberry or Kelly was set to make $7 million, and then after the Titans cut him, he didn't get a job until right before the season started with the Packers. So it's not like his market was super robust 
The Ravens passed on him. The Broncos passed on him. Dennis Kelly is not such a great player that he was worth that money, and he's also not such a great player that he couldn't be replaced. And I thought the Titans did a great job to replace him. So uh, I do not think that the decision to not bring back Kelly was awful. I actually think it was the right decision, and I know that may be a hot take to some of you, but that's how I felt the entire season. But that's going to do it for this first segment of the mailbag. We are going to move into the second segment. A little bit more funny, or not funny, but fun topics in the segment. Not so much football. We're going to talk some movies. We're going to talk some food. All the stuff that I really enjoy talking with you guys as well. Before we get into that, speaking of food, do have to tell you guys about BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar in the galaxy. They have a flavor for everybody on the website. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, but it's not just the taste. The bars are healthy for you as well. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great as a healthy meal substitute or just a guilt-free snack. Make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 at BuiltBar.com, the home of the best-tasting protein bars ever. All right, Titans fans, we are going to cap off this casual Friday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast, diving into the last questions that I have here in the mailbag. Before we get into that, just want to thank you guys again for making the Locked On Titans podcast your first listen every day. As for your second listen, make sure that you guys check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast. It's hosted by Brian Peacock, former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They're giving you a national perspective on all of the latest NFL news. It's a perfect pairing to the Locked On Titans podcast. You get your Titans news, then you get your national news. Check out the Peacock and Williamson podcast Monday through Friday on whatever platform you do stream. But diving into these last questions here. Number one, got uh, not a question per se, but it comes from my friend Leon Wills. Could be Wilsey. Sorry, Leon. Don't really know for certain how to pronounce your last name. But uh, Leon said this, not a question. But as a new fan of the NFL and the Titans from England, just want to say a thanks for all you do on the pod. I've learned so much about the team and the sport, especially the X's and O's, and continue to learn every single day. Big up, Tyler. Tighten up. Tighten up, Leon. Uh, I do have to say, Leon, that is the best compliment that I can get. Um... I don't try to preach to people or be condescending or act like a know-it-all, even sometimes I know that I can. Um, but ultimately, what what my vision always was is, number one, I want to be entertaining. I want, I want to have a good time, and I want you guys to have a good time when you listen. But secondly, I want to, um, I guess, teach people about what's really happening out on the field. We can talk about all the hot topics and the talking head stuff all day. But what's really going on on the field? What coverages are being run? What play calls are happening? Route concepts? What players are playing good? What players are playing bad? How are they playing? What's going on out on the field? The X's and the O's. That's why I did Tic Tac Titans as my Twitter name when I when I created it. Because I want to focus on the X's and O's. Not only to you know make you guys smarter and let you learn about the Titans. But for myself, I'm learning as well. Never stop learning, no matter what it is. And I learn something new every single day about football. And I hope you guys do too. And like I said, 
I don't want to sit up here and act like I'm some savant and I'm teaching all the dummies about football. That's not the case. I try to take the simple aspects of the game and just relay them to people in an entertaining package. And it seems like a lot of you guys agree that, you know, I'm accomplishing the mission. So when I get things like this, telling that I've taught you things about the game, you've learned more about the Titans and football. Football is the best thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. Football has changed my life. Thank you, Dad. Thank you to my father for that. But football has changed my life. And if I can pay that forward by teaching other people who haven't had as much exposure as me about the game, that's not me being a know-it-all. That's my duty to push the game forward because of what the game has done for me. So thank you, Leon. I appreciate that. Big shout-out to you as well. Tighten up. Tighten up, man. On that note, I'm just patting myself on the back over and over. But uh, Stoffington Post, Stoffy, I think I have that right. Shout out to you, Stoffy. He says, who has the best Titans podcast out and why is it locked on Titans? Well, if you go to the Apple iTunes charts, you go to the Spotify charts, the number one Tennessee Titans podcast in the world is the Locked on Titans podcast. So, hey, it's just not your opinion, Stoffy. It's the cold, hard facts. All things aside, that wouldn't be possible without you guys. I cannot believe that I get to do this after where I was in my mid-20s and early 20s. I thought my dream was dead, quite frankly, based on my circumstances. And uh, I still kind of pitch myself every day that I get to do this. Thank you guys so much. I really owe it all to you. Um, And I do work pretty hard. No lie. I got to give myself some credit here. I work a little bit too hard sometimes at the expense of my own health. But that's not important right now. Thank you so much, Stoffy. Thank you so much, Leon, for the kind words. I do appreciate that. Some other questions. Here. Oh, Josh Murbitz. Josh, I can't forget you, man. You've been a day one guy for me. Thank you, Josh. He said, after Sambrillo's retirement, do you see the Titans continuing with what we have? Or do you think that they'll trade or sign a veteran to the offensive line? If another offensive lineman gets hurt, whether it be Questenberry, Lawan, Kendall Lamb, then yes, I do think that they ultimately make a move for depth purposes. But for right now, just based on the Sambrillo retirement, no. They signed Kendall Lamb to a bigger contract than Sambrillo anyway. Dylan Radins was picked in the second round. You need to use those guys. That's your big money swing tackle. That's your big draft pick offensive tackle. There's no reason that the Titans should have to go out and get guys. Dylan Dylan Radins was inactive for a lot of the games early in the year. So now that Sambrillo's going, just use Radins and activate him. That should be the course of action for the Titans. Uh, going forward, though, a question here. From We're going to have some fun with these last questions. A question from David H. Uh, David Heels, I believe, is the, the full name. He said, need to know your go-to combination for pizza. Asking the tough questions here. That is tough. But it kind of depends. I, I see things in different, in different waves. So my favorite pizza in the entire world is from a place called Pies and Pints. Uh, great beer, great pizza, great smoked chicken wings. Woo! Let's go, baby. It gets me the gives me the sweats just thinking about it. And I'm also really hungry because I record right after I get home from work before I eat dinner. So now I'm starving. Thank you very much for that, David. But um, the chicken Gouda pizza, thin crust. I'm a thin crust guy. I do not like a lot of bread. Bread doesn't really treat me right. And I like crunch. Crunch is probably my favorite food characteristic. I love crunchy. Uh, so you get thin crust pizza, got a white cheese sauce on the bottom, smoked Gouda cheese, chicken, grilled chicken, bacon, uh, chipotle crema, 
and then green onion and red onion. Woo! Let's go, baby. That is a pizza. Now, your regular plain Jane, Domino's, Pizza Hut, blah, blah, blah. Give me a thin crust, extra sauce, pepperoni, bacon, banana pepper. Well done. Banana pepper is the perfect pizza topping outside of meat and cheese. I mean, oh, I love banana peppers on pizza. The acidity, the... the uh, the sourness just goes so well with all the salty and the umami. I mean, whoo, let's go with that. Um, but I also will say that there's a pizza at a local place to me. Um, it's called the Angry Beekeeper. It's a thin crust pizza, real fresh, organic red sauce, uh, fresh mozzarella cheese. It's got salami on it, uh, a drizzle of hot honey. Oh, man, that pizza is really good, too. I had it for lunch with my girlfriend just last week. Turn up, man. That was absolutely delicious. So that's a long answer on pizza, but it's pizza, man. I can't I can't narrow that down to just one thing. Now we're getting into some comic book stuff. So I'm a big comic book movie fan. Uh, can't say I read a lot of comics when I was younger. I was too busy playing sports, but I've always loved comic book movies. I love sci-fi, fantasy, all that stuff, all the different IPs. That have been big. I love Star Wars, DC, Marvel, um, Lord of the Rings is pretty good. I wouldn't put it up there with those other three in terms of my interest level, but big on sci-fi, fantasy. Once again, thanks, Dad. You know, my dad put me on to all the good shit, man. Comic book, movies, sci-fi, football. Shout out to Rick, man. Shout out to Rick. Uh, but uh, here he said, okay, it's from the poodle, Dunbar. It's literally a dog typing on Twitter. He said, okay. How excited are you hearing that the new Batman movie is a three-hour-long, full-blown detective noir story? <gasps> I'm too excited. Batman is my absolute favorite uh, fictional character of all time. Hold on. I, I threw this Batman thing at my dog one time because he was making noise during the show, and I was trying to get his attention to get him to stop. But uh, I'm a massive Batman fan. Uh, I'm a bat stan, you could say. It's why me and Jayon Brown connect on a personal level, because he is as well. But uh, the new Batman movie with Matt Reeves, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson, Zoe Saldana, um, or Zoe Kravitz, sorry, Zoe Saldana is the, uh, the other one. But uh, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, I mean, it is going to be absolutely lit. And the new trailer comes out on Saturday. So if you're interested in the new Batman movie, make sure you check out the new trailer that comes out on Saturday. The movie comes out next year. I'm so hyped. I like, so I'm DC over Marvel. Marvel is a little childish. It's got a little bit too much comedy for me at times. I'm 30, man. I like the adult story. So I like Zack Snyder's DC universe. Um, I love the darkness, the, the reality of it. You can't blow up, you know, millions of people when the entire you know, city block of New York, and then go eat shawarma. I mean, I love Marvel. I watch all the shows. I watch all the movies, all the breakdowns. I love all that stuff. But there's a aspect of uh, lacking realism there. And I know we're talking about comic book heroes and stuff, and I'm complaining about realism. But the whole point is, for me, make that as real as possible. And I feel like the gritty darkness of DC and their stories fits a little bit better. My favorite comic book of all time is Batman The Long Halloween. And this new Batman movie is a little bit based on that. It's more of a detective story than a rock'em, sock'em, beat'em-up Batman movie. So I am very, very excited. I mean, that bat the first trailer for the Batman is my favorite movie trailer in the history of movies with with the Nirvana playing in the background something I can't sing 
songs on the show. Sorry, it's copyright. But, man, whoo, I'm so excited for that. And then the next question that I have here is, is a Marvel one. But it comes from Colin Light. And he said, do you think Yelena will be the next Black Widow? And did you tear up at the end of the movie? Yes. And yes, Yelena, they're setting her up to be the next Black Widow for the Avengers. So I absolutely do think that that is the case. And I, I got to be honest with you guys, I didn't used to be like this. But since I got older, once I got into my late 20s and now in my 30s, I'm a sap, man. Stuff just makes me cry all the time. I guess you get older and you realize how precious things are in life. And some of the emotional stories, whether fictional or real, they just kind of hit you a little bit differently. So yeah, yeah, I... uh. I definitely cried at the end, but uh, I'm a crier anyways uh, nowadays. So that's going to do it for a casual Friday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. I'm going to do a Saturday night special. I don't have anything going on on Saturday night. Going to do a Saturday night special. Talk about the latest injury report and all that. Sunday night, I'll be back with you guys to give you a game preview for this Monday night football matchup. Cannot wait for that. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. Folks, as always... I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titan.